Supposed to be a feel good Friday. No JR Ryan Hickey in today. Unfortunately, JR's voice got worse. Some are blaming me that JR comes to New York. We did the show in person yesterday, and all of a sudden, one day was enough for JR to see me in person. Now he had to just call out sick and, and get back to Atlanta as fast as he can. I cannot confirm uh, nor deny that being the case, uh, but we do hope JR for a speedy recovery for his voice. Obviously, in radio, if you can't talk, a um, little bit of a problem. So, obviously, you're wishing. Uh, Good and a speedy recovery here to JR. Hopefully, he'll be back with you on Monday to break down everything from the weekend as well. But in the uh, meantime, Ryan Hickey here with you on this Friday. Welcome. Happy Friday. And thank you for making us a part of it right here on CBS Sports Radio. So I am someone that believes that Caleb Williams is going to be a star in the NFL. Like, I've thought this even long before. Honestly, going back to last year when he won the Heisen Trophy at, at USC with Lincoln Riley. He is truly different. He is someone that, for me, when you watch his game, especially two years at USC, he doesn't have a flaw in his game. Strong arm, accurate, can move, throw on the run, you know, able to escape pressure. Like, to me, like any and every box you need to check in order to be a true franchise quarterback, in order to be one of the two or three best quarterbacks in all the NFL, he, he checks. He checks every single box. And that's why, for me, I think Caleb Williams and let's say five years from now, is truly going to give Patrick Mahomes a run for his money in terms of being the best quarterback in the NFL. And I know what you're saying. Ryan, that's, we hear this every year. You're probably rolling your eyes as I say that because how many prospects have gotten the, oh, he's just like his Patrick Mahomes or he can be Mahomes 2.0 or better than Mahomes. I get and understand right, that we go through this cycle each and every year around this time when it comes to the top-ranked quarterback in whatever draft class it is. I get that. But with that said, Caleb Williams, to me, is truly different than a Trevor Lawrence, than a Zach Wilson. Then guys we talk about can be good, Bryce Young. To me, he is different. And what we saw today, and what we didn't see today at the NFL Scouting Combine, confirmed to me why he's going to be an absolute star. So, in case you missed it, Caleb Williams today made, if you will, combine history. I'm putting that in air quotes because who cares? I get it. But unofficially, he becomes the first person in the history, the long and storied history of the NFL scouting combine to attend the event in person and not go through the medical exams. He said, no, thank you. You can get my medical uh, medical exams when we do in-person visits. But in terms of being poked and prodded here in Indy for all teams to see, I'm going to say no to that. No other player, again, this is all anecdotal because who the hell is keeping track of all this? So this is unofficial, but you never see this. So we'll just say for the most part, it is unofficially official that Caleb Williams becomes the first person at the combine to ever say no thank you to medicals. And here's why I believe, and that correlates to stardom. Because Caleb Williams is not afraid to do what he wants to do. He's not afraid of outside noise. He's not afraid of what people are going to say. He does what he thinks is right. And when we talk about like star quarterbacks in the NFL, when we talk about being the first, second, or third best, being that franchise guy that can have you in a Super Bowl, we look at and talk about what they do physically, right? We don't, though, talk enough about what these quarterbacks specifically have 
in their mental makeup. How they mentally approach the game and how mentally tough they are. That is as important, if not more important, than the physical part of playing quarterback. And that to me, like when you talk about true greatness and what it takes to attain true greatness, part of that is mentally not allowing other people to influence your decisions. I know it sounds easy. Like, well, why would I, you know, care about what anyone else thinks about what I'm going to do? But we see it every day in life. Oh, well, someone judged me if I wore this shirt. Maybe I'll wear a different shirt. Oh, am I going to, you know, if I say this to someone, are they going to judge me and think something else? Maybe I'll, I'll clean up what I'm going to say. Like, we do allow a lot of outside perception to influence how we think and how we act. And I think when it comes to greatness, especially in sports, especially at the quarterback position, you can't be worried even one iota of what people are going to think or say about you. And that's why I think today with Caleb Williams saying no to the medicals when no one else has ever done that before, that to me shows that he not only has the physical skills, he has it mentally. He has what it takes mentally to be one of, if not the best quarterback in the NFL. That's not talked about enough, especially around this time when players are running, they're jumping. We're going to see uh, see how far they throw at the pro day. We never talk about the mental aspect. Are they mentally tough enough to play quarterback, to go through adversity, which everybody does, and to overcome it? That is, again, I think even more important than the physical skills. And I thought Caleb Williams showed the mental aspect, the mental toughness today in terms of needing that edge in order to be truly great in the NFL. I mean, you look at like, if we look at all-time great quarterbacks, look at Tom Brady, for example. Tom Brady is not considered the GOAT because of a physical attribute, right? He's not the GOAT because he had the strongest arm in the league or he was the most accurate or he was fleet of foot. The opposite, like he had an average arm, like good accuracy, but he was not mobile whatsoever. Like there was nothing physically Tom Brady did that was different or better than 50% of the quarterbacks in the NFL at the time he played? That's not a diss on Tom Brady. That's highlighting how the mental aspect and his sheer will and competitiveness made him the greatest quarterback of all time. Quick processor, knew where to go with the ball. Obviously, red defense is really well, and that's a key attribute. But it's also, again, just that inability to be denied. That part of not taking no for an answer and doing whatever it takes to be great. He didn't care about what other people said. He did whatever it took to be great. Working out every day. Putting the work in every single day. Patrick Mahomes. Again, we could talk about physically his ability to throw on the run, his arm strength. Like Physically, he has a lot of tools. But I would even argue this year, what was more impressive with Patrick Mahomes this season was the mental aspect. With receivers dropping balls left and right. Like, could you imagine being Patrick Mahomes already being talked about as the best quarterback in the league? And you go into this season, or I guess now this past season, needing to rely on Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who in a ton of big spots dropped a ton of footballs before the playoffs. Needing to rely on Rasheed Rice, rookie late-round pick out of SMU. Needing to rely on the idiots and Kadarius Toney. Like, imagine relying on those guys in order for you to have success. 
And obviously, we saw, especially in the regular season, the receivers had their lumps. And the Chiefs' offense was the worst in the Mahomes era. But why did they win the Super Bowl? They won in part because of the defense. In part because Mahomes is greatness at times. But also, I would argue in part because the team never quit. And I could equate that back to the mental toughness of Patrick Mahomes never getting frustrated, never pushing back on receivers, never listening to the outside noise of how bad the receivers were and making a big stink out of it or throwing them under the bus because they couldn't carry their own weight. He kept finding ways to keep their heads up and finding ways to where eventually we saw in the playoffs, they came through basically every time Mahomes called their number. The mental aspect is not talked about enough. And I thought today Caleb Williams put that a full display where he's going to be an absolute star. Like, listen to him answer questions. It was on Pro Football Talk of Mike Florio today. Again, remember this. He is the first player out of thousands, hundreds of thousands of players to go to the combine in Indy and get their medicals done. Mahomes has done it. Brady has done it. Every single great player you have ever watched in the NFL has done the same pre-draft process. Caleb Williams is the first person ever to say, eh, I'm good. You want to see my medicals? Well, you know what? If you're not on the top half of the draft, I'm not going to waste my time. He was not afraid to, to stand on what he said. Here is Caleb Williams, again, speaking of pro football talk earlier today, explaining his rationale as to why he said no to the medical exams. You could say, oh, that's arrogant. He's too confident. He's too cocky. I look at that to me as like having that mental edge where he knows he's going to get backlash. He knows a lot of teams are going to be upset and pissed off and maybe even view him differently. But he is secure in himself and secure in the decision he made where he is not afraid to answer questions. He's not shying away from them. He made this announcement and then went to go speak with the media. This is someone who is secure in himself. And I think you need that mental edge, that mental, if you want to say like peace of knowing who you are, you need that in order to succeed. And I thought Caleb Williams, again, you could say, who cares? It's medical. It's stupid. Sure. In one asset and one aspect, sure. But there are a lot of teams, GMs, scouts, I'll tell you, the 40 time is, is important at the combine, but the biggest thing that they look for is the medicals, finding injuries, seeing if everyone's as healthy as they say, seeing how recovered they are. A lot of teams will tell you the medicals are the most important part of the combine. And Caleb Williams basically skewed the most important part of the NFL combine and then took questions on it, didn't shy away from it. He is not someone that is going to allow outside influence to dictate what he wants to do. That to me is greatness. The great ones were never affected by what other people said. They did what they want to do. Caleb Williams today, in making the first and definitely an unpopular in NFL circles decision to not have his medicals taken, to basically tell half the league or three-quarters of the league, screw off, you have no chance to draft me, so you're not going to see my medical history, and only a select few will, you have a lot to lose. From that. Like, you have nothing to gain if you're Caleb Williams. You have nothing to gain. You'll get criticized in the media. You'll have teams upset at that, at, at someone daring to go against the system. How dare you step out of line when this has been protocol for decades? 
That's someone who's not afraid to, to face the noise and not afraid to stand on what he thinks is right. I'm not telling you it's right or wrong to, to not have your medicals done, but I respect the fact that he made this unpopular decision, announced it ahead of time, and then went to go speak with the media. Wasn't ducking. How many times do you see players talk to the media and then after the availability is over, scurry away, then make an announcement because they don't want questions on it or shy away from answering them? He faced the music. That's what all-time greats do. It's not just that, though, that has me all in on Caleb Williams. It's not just the talent. It's also the mindset. It's not just mentally having that edge and being secure in who you are. It's also, when you listen to Caleb Williams here in a second, talk about his achievements, right? Anytime you ask, hey, what's your goal? It's what? To win Super Bowls. To win a lot of games, right? That's kind of a stock answer. Anytime you hear any sort of player on the podium asked about their goals, well, Caleb Williams asked about his goals today at the Combine Media Availability. Take a listen to what he's pursuing in his NFL career. He wants to, he was talking about reaching immortality. Someone asked him right before, like, hey, like, are you chasing like Jordan legacy status? And he said, he goes, that's exactly what I'm going for. Like, not just to be a great, but be an all-time great and an icon in a city and an icon in a sport. There is a massive difference and a massive jump to make from good quarterback, great quarterback, Super Bowl winning quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback to immortal. That's what Caleb Williams is chasing. And again, not afraid to set lofty goals for himself. Yeah, I want to be the Michael Jordan of the NFL. That is a bold statement if there was like no one on that level in the NFL, let alone entering a league now that has Patrick Mahomes, had Tom Brady. He is not afraid. And again, we could talk about physical tools that he has. I look at the mental makeup. That's, again, I would even say even more important when it comes to greatness and attaining that greatness in the NFL. Mentally, I think you got to, have it and be sharp even more than you have to be physically. And Caleb Williams today, in saying no to the medicals, in zagging, in which has been a, a total zig of combine history, where if you go there, you get your medicals done, no questions about it. He said, no, I'm not doing it. I don't want to. I'm not afraid to explain my reasoning. And I'll sit there and answer questions all day. That, to me, mentally shows he has what it takes. So I'm all on a Caleb Williams. I think he's going to be an absolute star in the NFL. To me, he's going to be giving Patrick Mahomes a run for his money five years from now in terms of being the best quarterback in the NFL. I'm curious, though, your thoughts at 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. If you are not as high on Caleb Williams as me, if you have your doubts, I want to hear them. If you think he's going to be a bust, if you are a, a Jaden Daniels fan, and that's, you know, been a... Uh, an up-and-coming thought now. Few people I've seen within the NFL community this week saying they would have they would rather take Jaden Daniels over Caleb Williams. If you have your doubts, so what I think is a generational talent, by far the best quarterback in this class, and a guy that's going to get Patrick Mahomes a run for his money in terms of being the best quarterback in the NFL five years from now. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. What are your Caleb Williams doubts? I want to hear them when we do return. Also, when we return, this quarterback class is deeper and more than just one guy. 
And so as the combine, really today, you have the quarterbacks throwing. Like, this is the, the big day in terms of QB-wise, me and the media and such. I think two other quarterbacks are going to hit. Not just Caleb Williams. Two other guys in this class, I think, will have their teams feel like they got franchise quarterbacks. I'll give you a hint. It ain't going to be Jaden Daniels. Welcome back in. It's the JR Sport Brief. Ryan Hickey in for JR on this Friday. Welcome. Appreciate you making us a part of your Friday right here on CBS Sports Radio. Discussing the draft stock of Caleb Williams. I'm all in. All in on Caleb Williams. I know every year feels like we fall in love with one guy. Call him the next Patrick Mahomes. Most of the time he doesn't pan out. And that team who drafts what's supposed to be the next Patrick Mahomes, the next guy, is what? Back up top at the draft board three years later getting a new quarterback. I get how the cycle works. I think Caleb Williams, though, is different. I think he's a guy that's going to live up to the praise, who is going to hit and hit big. He, to me, is bust-proof. He, to me, is bust-proof because not only does he have the physical tools, he has it mentally. He's not afraid to be criticized. He doesn't let outside perception dictate what he does. And he's confident in himself. You need those mental attributes in order to be great. Once you start hearing the outside noise, once you allow outside factors to start dictating how you act, the game is over. If you're a quarterback, your career is over in terms of being great. There is no quarterback with rabbit ears that is so worried about outside perception that is consistently winning Super Bowls. Perfect example. We'll we'll go with a head coach example. I know it's not exactly a quarterback, but this applies here. Robert Sala. Is Robert Sala a head co- uh, good head coach? I would say no. Should he have been fired after this past season? I would have said yes. Partly because there was a report out from The Athletic that at the end of the year, Robert Sala started hearing the noise about his job being in question, why he should be fired. And you know what he did? He started getting antsy and upset that Aaron Rodgers wasn't publicly backing him. He was so insecure about himself and his job that he was worrying more about what his quarterback that was injured and not playing, what he was saying and not saying publicly, instead of worrying about how to win the next game. I don't think Robert Sala is going to turn it around in New York. I think he's going to be fired after next year. And partly in part because of that exact story. He is someone who allows the outside noise to get to him. He is somebody that allows outside perception to dictate how he makes decisions. And once you play that game, to me, you've lost. Once you start allowing others to dictate what you do, it's over. Like a, I, I forget who says, says I got to look up in the break here, so my apologies. But famous quote of, once you start listening to the fans, pretty soon you'll be sitting with them. That does reign true. Once you start making moves to placate the fan base, and look, let's be honest here. Are we as fans hitting a 1,000 on, on what players should be traded, who should be cut, who should be drafted, who should be signed? No one's hitting a 1,000. No one's even hitting 75%. We are more times wrong than not. I'll, you know what? Put my hand up. This time last year, I wanted the Colts desperately to trade for Bryce Young. I was all in on Bryce. I thought he was going to be a really good quarterback. And so far, after one year... It looks like the Colts are in a way better spot than the Panthers are. If Chris Bauer listened to what I was saying, 
Who knows where the Colts would be right now? And who knows where the Panthers would be if they switched one and four? The fans are not always right. And once you start listening to them, once you start allowing outside to start influencing your decision-making, it's over. And that's why I respect and appreciate what Caleb Williams did today and saying, you know, screw it. I don't care that everybody else has done this before. I don't think it's worth it. I'm not going to do it. And I'm not afraid to explain my decision to the media. That, to me, is more impressive than just even the decision itself. This is a guy who's comfortable making his decisions, has no problem facing the music, and will answer calmly like he did earlier today. So 855-212-4227. I think Caleb Williams is bust-proof. I think he's on a track right now to be a top-five quarterback in the NFL within the next five years. Give Patrick Mahomes a run for his money at being number one. If you are concerned about Caleb Williams, if you are not all in like I am, I'm going to hear right now what is giving you pause. 855-212-4227. Scott is calling from Arizona. What's up, Scotty? Scott, are you there? There you are. What's up, Scott? Hey, yeah, I'm calling, bro. I, I, I love you. You're great. But you got one thing you're missing. Okay. The USC quarterback curse. Go back. The last any court USC quarterback that was even decent was Carson Palmer. Since then, garbage. Let me ask you this quick question, Scott. Do you think the Houston Texans should have listened to the Ohio State quarterback bust um, myth or rumor? No, you're right. But it, it's it's uh, you're right with that. Yeah, because the Ohio State had the same curse. Right. Exactly. Right. I, I just think um, you think he might break the curse. You think he's the the next one? But I just don't see it. And it fans with that team. I, I don't know. I just don't see him being the next Patrick Mahomes and giving him a run for his money. All right. But I do love and respect your opinion. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. I had a feeling a, a butt was coming there after the uh, start. Here's where I, I I don't like the fact that that is brought up every year. To where you play. Past quarterback history does not dictate how future quarterback success or not is going to happen. No two quarterbacks are the same. No two coaches are the same. So it's like for Ohio State, you hear it every single year. Oh, you can't draft an Ohio State quarterback, like especially last year with C.J. Stroud coming out. You can't draft an Ohio State quarterback. Well, look how many of them have been busts. Justin Fields, you know, Braxton Miller, um, J.T. Barrett. Like, we could go down the list. Troy Smith, like... Their lack of success does not all of a sudden mean that C.J. Stroud can't succeed. One has nothing to do with the other. Joe Burrow's success does not mean the next LSU, does not mean Jaden Daniels will succeed. They have nothing to do with each other. That There's literally zero correlation outside of wearing the same uniform in college with one quarterback five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Like Mark Sanchez and... I can't even think of another USC quarterback at the moment. I know Matt Barkley. There it is. Mark Sanchez and Matt Barkley are not having an impact on Caleb Williams' NFL stock. I hate that argument. Or I hate that discussion point. Because it's never true. If anything, it's a coincidence when it does happen. But in this case with Caleb Williams, I am not concerned that he's at USC. And I'm not concerned that since Carson Palmer, USC has never produced a good NFL quarterback. Being at USC has nothing to do with Caleb Williams succeeding or failing in the NFL. Austin's call from Illinois. What's up, Austin? Hey, how you doing, Zach? Good, hey, man. What's on your mind? Every Packers fan I know is praying that the Bears keep Justin Fields. That's all we want. And that should really be all the Bears fans need to know. Like, 
there's a there's a, there's a huge group of them that are like big on keeping fields. I don't understand it. You've seen the guy for how many years now? What have you seen that tells you he's a good quarterback? They are so anti Caleb Williams, and every Packers fan I know is like, please, please keep Fields. And that's that's all I got, man. I, I, I think I think Williams is a stud. I think he'll be one of the best quarterbacks in the league, uh, at least second best next to Jordan Love. But he'll be good, but not as good as Jordan Love, obviously. That Austin, I think, is a great point, and appreciate the call. I'm with you in the sense that that that, that like if you don't talk about comparison, that is a fair argument to make. Would your opponent want you? Trading Caleb, uh, drafting Caleb Williams, or would they want you keeping Justin Fields? If you're a Packers fan, you're saying, "Man, I hope the I hope the Bears keep Fields. I feel a lot better about my chances playing against Fields than I do about Caleb Williams." That should tell you all you need to know if you're a Bears fan of who you should take. And I'm with Austin. I don't understand why there is a large faction, large faction of Bears fans that are in on Justin Fields. We had Alex Shapiro on uh, earlier this week with Jr. And he was saying it's basically 50-50. It's like a, a civil war in Chicago. Half of the city wants to keep fields. Half of the city wants to draft Caleb Williams. I don't think it's even close. I for, Forget the contract and everything else. Just from a, a talent perspective, I don't think it's close. I don't think enough people are giving Caleb Williams his proper due. I get why there's hesitancy because, again, it feels like this is an annual cycle of hype a guy up, you know, make some crazy comp to Patrick Mahomes and then not have him live up to the hype. I get why more times than not you want to tune that out because for most guys, they don't deserve the comps that they do get and quarterback being so important, it's overinflated even if, like, you know, guys aren't good. Well, someone's got to take a quarterback, so we got to hype these guys up to, you know, justify taking them high. There is, to me, no hype with Caleb Williams. Like, he doesn't have to be hyped up. You don't have to try to point at things to boost his stock. He is the real deal. And again, I think today he showed that. We don't talk about enough the mental makeup of athletes. And for someone to be as confident as they are going into right job interviews, which is partly what the combine is, the biggest job interview of Caleb Williams' life, he's going in there saying, I'm not doing this. I'm not taking my medicals and we could talk about it like men, but I'm not doing it. I respect that. If you can make an unpopular decision, then sit there like a man, take questions from the media, take questions from, from team executives as well, and answer coherently. Whether you agree with the decision or not is irrelevant, that's a guy that mentally has the makeup you want. If the Bears were uncertain, I don't think they are. I think mean, they know what they're doing, and it's taking Caleb Williams. But if they were uncertain, I think that right there, that move should have answered every single question they have. Should have put to bed any concern. This is a guy who's not afraid of criticism. This is a guy who will take it like a man. And I think mentally has the makeup that you need to have from a franchise quarterback that's going to be a great in the NFL. So 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. It is Ryan Hickey in for JR on this Friday. Appreciate you making us a part of it right here on CBS Sports Radio. If you are not like me, if you disagree and think Caleb Williams is a bust, 855-212-4227. Just like Jeff Harner does tweet at Ryan underscore Hickey in number three. He is Ryan Leaf talking about Caleb Williams, written all over him, million-dollar arm, five-cent head. We'll get to that here when we do return on the other side of the break, along with the two other quarterbacks I think are going to hit 
We all love listening to JR, myself included. It's Ryan Hickey in for JR today. Welcome. In case you missed any part of the show so far, check it out. Hick at Night Podcast is where you can go back, listen to the first 40 minutes. A lot of Caleb Williams talk. We'll get back to that uh, as well right now. Catch you all, all on up. Um, I am all in on Caleb Williams. All in. I think he is truly going to be the next great quarterback in the NFL. I think five years from now, we'll be talking about Caleb Williams giving Patrick Mahomes a run for his money as the best quarterback in the NFL. But he's not the only quarterback I think that will succeed, that will have a really good career in the NFL in this draft class. There's a lot of quarterbacks. J.J. McCarthy, Jaden Daniels, Drake May. Two other guys outside of Caleb Williams. Not have as much success as Caleb, but I think can be like viable franchise quarterbacks. Michael Penix Jr. and Bo Nix. I'll get to them here in a second, but as a reminder, think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Let's start with Michael Penix Jr. first. I think he is a better version of Tua. And the better part of, of Tua in this comparison is this. He plays his best in the biggest games of the season. That is something to me that's very important. Right? It's easy, to, especially in college, when you play a lot of cupcake schools. You play Northeast, Southwest, University of Southeast Seattle, Institute of Technology. It's easy to put up five touchdowns if you're Michael Penix Jr. against those guys that are basically glorified high school players. But when you play Oregon, when you play Texas in the college football playoff, when you play USC and Utah, how do you look against those teams versus how you look against some of the easier teams on your schedule? And Michael Penix Jr. in his two years in Seattle consistently rose his game to meet those, um, meet his opponents, meet who he's playing. That's why I say a better version of Tua because Tua is a guy that right can play well against the Panthers can't play well against the Bills. But they both have similar styles where they are point guards. Drop back and just put the ball all over the yard. Boom, 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 boom. Both have a lot of receivers to throw the ball to. Both do a great job at reading defenses, getting the ball out fast, and putting it in a position where not only their receivers can catch it, but be in a spot where they can run after the catch and make big plays. I think Penix's arm is better than Tua's. But that's a guy where, especially too, Penix is not getting the love I think he should get, which is, a, to me, a good thing. Like, if he goes in the second round, and even has a sit for a year or two, but is in a good spot team-wise, with a good offense line in front of him, because that's the only concern is his injuries, that's that's a massive win. Like, you have to feel so good about your future going forward if you could have someone like Michael Penix Jr. on your team now, leading your squad. Like, to me, you are a... Perennial playoff team. You'll be in the playoffs every single year. I'm not going to say you you win a Super Bowl with Michael Penix Jr., but I think he'll get you in the dance. He will get you in the dance because this is a guy who rises to the occasion, has insanely good accuracy, and also is someone that, again, knows where to go with the ball. Speaking of knowing where to go with the ball, he was at the combine today, and he was asked, basically, Mike, why don't you run more? He's athletic, like, he is a pocket passer at Washington, but in his previous life at Indiana, he was a big-time dual-threat quarterback. Ran the zone read, torched so many defenses, including 
by Penn State Nittany Lions, which we won't get into that game in 2020 and ended in big-time controversy with Penix at the helm. But anyway, we'll move past that. He was a guy that was very mobile, then became more of a pocket passer at, at Washington. Michael Penix Jr. today explained why he thinks that pack uh, pocket passing style suits him very well. Strong arm, very accurate, and as you just heard, knows how to make quick decisions and knows how to make the right decisions. Rarely gets fooled by the defense. Did an amazing job at audibling out of plays and knowing where to go with the ball if certain pressures came from certain spots. Michael Penix Jr., that's to me is a franchise quarterback, especially if your team's able to get him late first round, early second round. That, to me, big time win. He's quarterback at number one that I think is going to have a really good career out of this draft class. The other one. Now, there's a little bit of a caveat here. It is dependent on the landing spot. A little bit like Brock Purdy. But Bo Nix. I think Bo Nix can be Brock Purdy if he goes to the right spot where there's good coaching and good talent around him. Like, he's played a lot of football, but even if he goes to a spot, like, there are a few teams here. Dallas, and we'll see how Dak's contract is reworked um, and how long he'll be, you know, at least long-term tied up to the Cowboys. Minnesota, especially if they re-sign Kirk Cousins on a short-term two- or three-year deal, I love that landing spot for Bo Nix. I mean, even Atlanta, if we want to talk about Kirk Cousins, if the Falcons go, let's say they say, yeah, we're not going to go for Fields. We're going to go for instead Kirk and bring him in for two or three years. I love that landing spot for Bo Nix in Atlanta with those weapons around him because he's a guy to me that if you put him in a spot where there's a good offensive line and good weapons around him, he could have a really, really good career that I don't, I think he's to me is the guy in the draft that no one's talking about enough. Like he's a five year starter. Which I, I take that as a positive. He's played a lot of college football. He's the most starts in college football history. That's a bonus. He's experienced. He's seen all you have to see. But what also I love is in those five years, three at Auburn, two at Oregon, he has gotten better every year. Like one of my concerns with Jaden Daniels is the fact that Jaden Daniels had four, eh, to, okay, that was pretty solid years. Between Arizona State and LSU. And obviously this past season, his fifth year, exploded. Right? Heisman, 50 touchdowns was awesome. But just like Kenny Pickett, who was also basically a five-year starter at Pitt, when you have four years of obscurity, or just, eh, okay, nothing special, and then you explode in that fifth and final year, but have four years of just okay tape, I don't love that. That has me concerned. I'm not a big Jaden Daniels guy, in part because of the four years of okay football and then the one big explosive year. Bo Nix, though, has me feeling differently because this is a guy that's gotten better each and every year. He is someone that was had no accuracy his freshman year at Auburn, who was a horrible decision maker, no pocket presence, looked to run more than he wanted to throw, to now where he's evolved to as to becoming a pocket passer where he'll run when he has to, but he feels like he'd rather just pick you apart in the pocket and win it that way. He as well has played, you know, some of his best football against the best opponents. Pac-12 title game did not, you know, go as he would have liked, did not go as I expected, that's for sure. But outside of that, he's been a guy that has consistently improved, consistently has gotten better each and every year. Like, that to me, if I'm a coach, I, I'm all over that. 
consistent improvement while also being a, a mobile, strong-armed veteran quarterback. Again, another guy that I don't expect to go in the first round, and I think that's a blessing. Like, if he goes to the Patriots, let's say, at three, and it's not going to happen, but if Bo Nix, let's say, was drafted three to the Patriots, I'm nervous. I don't think that's going to work out. Like, I don't think Bo Nix is Caleb Williams where you could put him in any situation and he succeeds. But you put him in a situation kind of like we outlined before in Dallas, which, again, that's dependent upon da- you know Dak if they do decide to you know extend him big time here. But even in places like Minnesota, Atlanta, Seattle, right now that has Geno Smith and Drew Locke but no real long-term answer, if he gets drafted by Seattle, let's say in round number two, I'm in. I am in. Because Bo Nix, I think if put in the right spot, can have a lot of success. He's a good decision maker. Again, strong arm, accurate, mobile, can throw on the run. Like He checks a lot of boxes that you need in modern-day NFL where he could be a good franchise quarterback. Again, not to me on the level of Caleb Williams. Not pushing Patrick Mahomes to you know be the best quarterback five years from now, but can be like a Brock Purdy. Really good quarterback. Helped out by the situation around him. And that combination makes that team really damn good. Really successful. So those are the two quarterbacks for me I look at in this draft outside of Caleb Williams that I think are going to be franchise guys. They're going to be hits. Like If you are a team that drafts them five years from now, you'll feel pretty good about where you are. Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix. Again, Jaden Daniels, I get nervous about the fact that he had four years of okay tape and then one great year. Drake May, I just personally don't see it with Drake May. I'm not sure if it was like because like everyone anointed him in 2022 as like the guy, and now like no one just watches past season. I, I just to me are not. Uh, I'm not in love with Drake May, JJ McCarthy. I mean, great team around him. I think to me is more to the product of his success than actually him being a, a good quarterback. I think that's a mistake of him going in the first round, let alone the top ten. So the two quarterbacks that are not getting first-round love, that I think is to their benefits. It could mean a better landing spot. Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix. All right, when we return here, I've gotten a lot of flack on Twitter all week, so let's talk it out here on CBS Sports Radio. I have a proposal as to why the Buffalo Bills should trade Josh Allen to the Bears for the number one pick. I'll break it down for you next. It's Ryan Hickey with you right here in for JR on CBS Sports Radio.